Okay. Okay. Sabaho, everybody. Sabaho. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> I see Chemi's in the chat. Hey, man. Good morning, Sabaho. Um, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Saturday Morning with Tech. Uh, we are back, back, back with a fury, actually, for the best, for the better way. Um, the uh, episode is episode seventy. Blah, blah, blah. The episode is episode seventy-six. We are on June twenty-six, so six twenty-six seventy-six. That is an interesting number. There's a lot of sixes in the uh, in the title, but the uh, the main thing is uh, today is actually uh, the last episode of the month of June. So we're kind of actually getting into the July time frame. We're starting to see some new announcements. Uh, one of the main things that did happen this month was that OnePlus did announce this guy, the N200 5G. It's a successor to the N100, but with 5G support and with a still very much price conscious experience and a Nord uh, available for the U.S. market. Uh, Sabah Ar, man. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Chemi in there. Of course, everybody. Uh, and what I really like about this is the approach that they did with the smartphone. So we're going to do a quick unboxing. I got this one yesterday. So I had an, I barely have an opportunity to even get a good understanding of it, but I wanted to share that with you guys. Uh, and Davin, good morning. Sabah everybody. Uh, and the other thing that happened this week for me, at least, is uh, part of Team Pixel, the Pixel Buds A series. So that's a brand new series of, of Pixel Buds that was announced. Uh, it actually has been around for some time, but Team Pixel finally got a chance to actually experience it. Um, on Tuesday, or sorry, on Thursday, Juan and I uh, talked about a little bit about the experience that he and I had there, uh, and the fun part. The fun part having been part of the event, but him being the presenter and actually sharing a lot of th- a lot of things with us as well. Uh, I don't know what's uh, So um, IIM7 Mads is uh, actually, it's in the evening where he is. So he's saying good evening. So is good evening. Where I say sabaho, which is good morning. is the opposite of that, which is good evening. So man, welcome, welcome. Ahlan. Uh, we'll, be do, we'll be doing a video comparison between the Pixel Buds. Um, Davin, actually, my experience, what I wanted to do is I did want to talk a little bit about the original because they technically both are still available. Uh, now, if I'm not mistaken, I think the standard Pixel Buds of 2020 is at about $129 and the Pixel Buds A are going to be $99. In the video that I was intending that will be going up for the Pixel Buds A, I am going to do a comparison at the beginning part of that video and throughout the different features. So I, I always want to cover what's available from Google or from you know Team Pixel. So yes, the goal at, at, at least is going to basically cover both of them. Uh, it's going to talk about the differences, the benefits, uh, what are we looking into, what, what are some of the compromises uh, that we got from the standard Pixel Buds and the Pixel Buds. And I am talking about the, when I say Pixel Buds, I, I am referring to the 2020 edition. Um, sorry, it's these guys. It's literally the ones that almost look identical to it from a distance. Um, I think you guys could probably see it right there. There's a little bit more of a darker tone on the actual ring. The inside of it is actually uh, darker as opposed to what you have, the lighter gray. So that's the first indication. Uh, Weight-wise, it's a little bit lighter. But yes, that's definitely the biggest focus for me For me is uh, the performance. What do you get for, from one over the other? It's going to be focused on the uh, on the brand new Pixel Buds but, or the, the A-series. Uh, but the goal essentially is to say, look, what are you missing? And if that matters more to you, why you should consider paying an extra $30. It's not as high as it used to be. And I think that's main, the main difference there. So today I will touch on some of those in kind of more of a teasing um, kind of an experience of how has it been using the Pixel Buds A series for the last three days or so. Uh, we received them in the middle of the week, so we haven't had that much time. And um, I didn't have enough time to be able to get a good grasp of the feel of how these buds work. Uh, so I'm waiting for that a little bit more. So hopefully that video will be coming up early next week. Uh, so look forward to that one as well. Uh, but thank you. Thank you for double checking on that one. Uh, the, the, uh, the, okay, must change the headphones, definitely, for sure. 
Earl, good morning, man. How are you? Hope you're doing well. Ahlan, ahlan. Hey, Gary, the fireman. Welcome, sir. Howdy, geeks. <laughs> Howdy, everybody. Uh, last week was an interesting stream. It was a very um, short, very concise, very specific stream. Um, and I felt like, you know, uh, we had an opportunity to have a lot of different things going on. And for me, it was kind of a whole bunch of things going on at the same time. Um, we had the Juan Carlos uh, launch the the premiere, the video that, uh, that Juan put out. And then we also had the, the you know, uh, Josh, Joshua Vergara's birthday. So I had to kind of, <laughs> we, we had a whole bunch of things. So the show ended up a little bit earlier. Uh, but this time we're back to kind of our normal uh, normal stream here. And so we're back to, to, to normal stuff. Um, Sheldon BK is asking, are you going to discuss the upcoming Samsung event? What's expected from uh, uh, from a fold devices and watches? So there are some leaks and some, some information obviously coming up uh, as far as what to expect. I mean, there's a lot of things that we kind of seen down the road. We, we kind of could read for the lack of a better term since I mentioned Josh, but basically, you know, reading the tea leaves is a, is a, is a thing that I've heard. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of things that we're kind of looking into what potentially could be coming. But the main, obviously, biggest event is the support of S Pen that's kind of leaving more and more now the Note series, which I think is for me the biggest um, kind of. This is the first time that we've seen Samsung kind of um, taking features that are specific to one line of devices and now giving it to other devices, almost rendering the need for a note almost as is it really needed do you really need a specific device that is called a note anymore uh, so yeah definitely that uh you know uh sorry let me just highlight the, the comment here for everybody to kind of see it um so this is uh why is Streamyard acting up okay here we are so that's brandon's comment thank you for for posting on that one brandon i appreciate it so yeah it, it's an interesting approach samsung has typically always loved to categorize their series. We have the A series, we have the S series, we have the N, the Note series. I was gonna say the N series, but there's no N series. It's really more of the Note. And then we have now the Fan Edition, right? The FE Edition. So the FE Edition is what we're, a lot of us are anticipating, the S21 FE to be announced um, alongside the Galaxy Fold 3 or the Z Fold 3, I think, which is where they added the Z Fold to everything. Uh, lastly, the Z Flip, which is an updated version of the Z Flip with a better display. And then, of course, we were also talking about the fact that there's potentially a watch, the first watch running Wear 3 or whatever the new version. I think it's called just Google Wear. Um, but there's also some um, you know, uh, rumors and so on that there's going to be a delay going on, potentially, that maybe the announcement will be made, but the availability will be later. The short answer is we're pretty much primed or pretty close to fold full timing right that the announcement of the fold the availability of the fold uh, i think we're almost about a year now where the initial z fold 2 was originally available made available or announced so the short answer yes there's going to be some there's going to be a lot of excitement going on around samsung uh, land unfortunately um, I feel like this is the $1,000 plus experience, uh, you know, of Samsung devices. This, there's nothing going to be lower than 1000 The Z Flip will definitely be even more, uh, more than likely with the new updates that they provided there. And then, of course, what we see with the Z Fold, I'm hoping somewhere close to the 2000 as opposed to just keep going north and north of that price. Uh, but the S Pen functionality, I think this is also that new S Pen Pro that they announced at the beginning of the year. So that's also going to be another feature. So keep in mind, the Z Fold may support an S Pen. I don't really think that it's going to be including an S Pen. That's still going to be an additional purchase. Not only that, they're going to be supporting the original S Pen, the one that came with the first, um, with the S21 Ultra. But they're also going to be supporting the brand new one, which is the S Pen Pro, which is supposed to provide, supposed to provide us Note, Note Professional, sorry, Note features, and I'm talking about the Note 20 Ultra, on the Galaxy Z Fold uh, 3, as well as the S21 Ultra. So there's a potential upgrade for both. Uh, but yeah, those are things that are going to be coming up. I'm excited about seeing some of those things. Uh, I'm 
more than more than likely really more excited about the Z Fold 3, mostly because I felt like the Z Fold 2 could have so easily supported the S Pen last year. But I think Samsung wasn't ready to provide S Pen functionality to anything other than notes in 2020. So 2021 seems to be the year Samsung is breaking out the S Pen and the S Pen is going to be traveling to multiple things. Uh, we have it on the Tap S7. Uh, of course, we have it on the S21 Ultra now. And pretty soon we'll have it on the Z Fold 3. That's pretty simple. And the question that I'm still trying to the find trying to find out is will it support inside and outside displays or only the outside? And my bet is on the outside, but we'll see. We'll see how that kind of goes. Uh, but thank you, Sheldon. Uh, that was a very good question there. Um, Chemi had a quick question there. Uh, says Chemi says uh, two recommendations. One is uh, in, ca in case to uh, sorry uh, is the is any case to protect? Oh, is there any case to protect the Tactic Watch E3? And what would be uh, the best value true wireless earbuds right now? So. I'll say this. I have a, I have a, um, actually, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think I want to also share it real quick. So, um, keep an eye out for a video that's going to be coming out on these guys, the, the Soundcore's Life P3 that is going to be coming out. Um, Soundcore honestly has been providing some great, um, like great true wireless solutions at a great price. Uh, Juan Carlos does also a video on the, uh, I think it was at the Earfun 2 Pro, uh, the, Earf the Earfun 2, the Earfun Free 2 Pro. I forgot which one. I think it's the second generation of the earphone free headphones, and those are around like 50 bucks. So they're definitely great um, sounding headphones for the price point, and um, they're basically great range, some you know, really good features in there. So I think overall, from a somewhat of a well-rounded budget side, I would say the earphones are pretty decent, um, although I feel like Soundcore is pretty much giving everybody a run for their money with the, uh, the solutions that they're putting out there. So they have so many different solutions, and their sound is very good. And with the support of an app, EQ settings, uh, noise cancellations, a whole bunch of different things that I feel like is, are definitely very nice. So hopefully that helped out there, uh, Chemi. So sorry, I saw the other question first before yours. Um, ER is mentioning here, uh, here in the UK, um, a lot of third-party sellers are selling the original Pixel Buds 2 reduced uh, down to, to 99 pounds, um, same price as the Pixel Buds A, which, uh, which ones are really available, sorry, uh, which are only available through Google directly at the moment. So uh, in the U.S., just to kind of reference that as well, um, it is primarily available through Google, but we also have a few other retailers uh, for the Pixel Buds A, at least. They haven't seen the price drop down to $100. I think it, what happens probably is it is technically a year old, if you think about it, but there are features that they kept to the original Pixel Bud series. And I think a good pair of earphones, and I think Quan will also kind of support it, and I think he, he may have actually said that ahead of my, uh, me saying it, um, a good pair of headphones or a good pair of true wireless earbuds are not things that you buy on a yearly basis. You don't upgrade your headphones every time a new pair comes out. The reality behind this is generally when we find something that we're comfortable with and our ears are basically get comfortable with the sound profile that we get with the specific pair of headphones, unless there is something dramatically wrong, we typically stick to the pair of earphones that we have for an extended amount of time. So people that have the Pixel Buds from last year and they've been comfortable with what they're getting there, there's really not a lot to be basically said, look, you need to just sell those and get the new one. So if you're able, if price is not an issue, I think features and certain things that potentially could be an issue for you needs to be looked on. Connectivity has definitely been fixed. There's no question that the range on the Pixel Buds A series from 2021 beats the Pixel Buds from last year. 
although the features are not exactly the same. The first thing that I truly, truly miss here is the ability of raising and lowering the volume by simply swiping the gesture on it. These do not have gesture support. They have tap support. And that means I can single tap, double tap, press and hold. Those things are there. The, the, uh, the help of the Google Assistant, active noise, you know, not active noise cancellation, I meant uh, active uh, interaction with the user, meaning uh, notification announcement. I'd be able to call the Assistant and get notifications in your ear directly with the buds. That's there. Uh, battery life is a little bit bigger. Uh, there's actually a much, much stronger magnet. And I don't want to keep saying it. Uh, hold on, let me see. Can we can we prove it? Yeah, see, look, the Pixel Buds A can definitely carry the Pixel Buds <laughs> on their back. Uh, no, the, the magnet on here is definitely very strong. So if you have a metal surface on your desk or wherever you're going, you can definitely put them on. And that picture that I posted for you guys on Instagram a couple of days ago of the Pixel Buds A, um, they were actually magnetically mounted to my refrigerator. And that's how much, how strong the magnet is. So it's definitely nice. And those are some of the things that you have to kind of keep in mind. Uh, some, I would say, tricks of the actual product are still uh, available only to the standard Pixel Buds. So I would pick whichever one you feel like makes the most sense. If price isn't an issue, it's going to end up going down to features. Uh, battery life is also, uh, so, so far, so is providing me a good battery life as well. Uh, Davin Davis is jumping in. TK, thank you very much. I'm thinking about maybe picking up uh, one of these, but I'm not sure which one yet. It's going to be one of those, like I said, it's going to come down to features. But at the end of the day, um, as long as you're able to buy them from a place that you're comfortable and you're able to do exchanges in case there are certain concerns. The, the first generation did have connectivity issues, but it wasn't that everybody was experiencing them. That was the weird part. Initially, when I first started using them, I didn't have as much of a concern. When I started seeing some of those issues, is which is typical, and I think it's like a case that happens to me all the time, is where I leave my phone in the office. So let's say I'm working on something. I'm working on a video, whatever, and I'm listening to music and so on, and I decide to go to the kitchen, right? And I leave the office, and I go across, and I go, there's going to start being walls between me and the phone. The connectivity's kind of got a little bit, um, I would say, um, sketchy. Specifically, more specifically, when my face it was more parallel. So let's say the phone was sitting at a desk or at a table somewhere in that direction, but my face was more in uh, basically in a 90 degree angle facing toward, towards it, meaning one of the earbuds is covered. So the left one wouldn't be seeing the actual phone. I started to experience some uh, connectivity issues, and that was because the way of the technology was done. The Pixel, uh, Pixel Buds A-Series 2021 are directly independently connected, and they're no longer piggybacking off of each other. So you get a much better signal strength between the two. Uh, but that was also a focus of the Pixel team or the, the designers over at uh, Google when they were designing the Pixel Series A, the A-Series. They were fixing that specific concern that a lot of people faced. Now, it wasn't a massive issue if your phone was on you. For me, I didn't have the... Um, the issues where the phone was disconnecting from the headphones because I typically put it in my front pocket. And at this point, basically, connection was very strong on my desk, turning around, all of that stuff, no problems. It's when you started putting some distance between you and the phone. Um, so, yeah, definitely pick up whichever one I feel like will work best for you, if, uh, of course. Um, my homemade uh, Bluetooth headphones, hey, man, uh, DIY all the way, Greg, always, always. Uh, I think I'm jumping. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Um, the. Uh, Valvillet app has some serious purchase issue, uh, like uh, reverts itself back to non-paid app. I'm, I'm not sure what's the Valvillet app, Jubrat uh, Sama. Uh, I'm hopefully, maybe you can give me a little bit more information. And it jumped all the way to the bottom. Okay, let's just go back a little bit. I think I may have skipped a few questions here. Soundcore, Gary, always, yes. Yeah, Soundcore uh, anchor products are great value, and they end up, and they always basically support them. I, that's one thing. Um, Yes, 
Um, so Sheldon's asking Gary says, is Soundcore part of uh, Anchor? And yeah, it's they're basically a subsidiary. Think of them. Anchor is is um, I want to say Ufi Ufi the EU FI brand is also another sub brand. Where is where Soundcore is also the sub brand of Anchor. Um, Anchor is actually what used to be known as Anchor and one product that we know them as basically power banks owns a lot of other sub brands like there's projectors there's um there's actually a clone to the uh, not a clone but like a um an amazon assistant you know those little pucks that we used to get those specifically for the amazon assistant um uh, soundcore or anchor had a oofy brand that they used to make a brand uh, i would say like a clone of it that essentially was the similar one and they made one for the google assistant as well so essentially is their version of the little puck version of you know what the assistant and uh, uh the amazon or the google assistant was uh, so definitely a, a very strong brand over the years now They've improved quite a bit. Their app support is becoming much more, uh, much better across their entire array of headphones. And specifically, um, let me see if I can get this for you, show you guys real quick. The Q35s that I actually reviewed not that long ago are my go-to over-the-ears headphones right now. Uh, and I'm not trying to say that they're better than the Sony's in the sense of, um, you know, price point or features. I mean, uh, they're definitely cheaper. Um, it for me, it's it's it was more about you know. Um, Portability. I felt like they were a little bit more comfortable than my XM3 over the years. Um, now, unfortunately, I would probably say is once you switch over to the XM4s in here, then it kind of changes a little bit again. But for over the years, for me right now, I'm liking the X, uh, the uh, the Q35s from uh, Soundcore. So if you're looking for something, I can definitely say check out the video. It's it's one of the it's one of more more comfortable ones, of course. Um, Anything on the 9T launch? Uh, uh, so the 9T is still still a ways away, but I would probably say don't expect it to be a, a better phone than what we already have on the market. I think this year, for the most part, with the T-Series, it's going to be pretty much what we saw last year. It's a somewhat wedge between the 9 and the 9 Pro. And that's something to keep in mind in there. It's not going to be the, uh, uh, I mean, it probably may be slightly a better improvement than the 9R, mostly because the 9R was based on the 8T from last year. So you kind of have to kind of combine those different experiences. So I think the 9T that we see this year is more than likely going to be somewhere in the middle, a uh, higher refresh rate, maybe charging speeds, of course, and some maybe new camera tricks in there. Um, I don't foresee them jumping into the 100 watt charging this year for the quick uh, for their uh, charging that we have in here because they've already jumped to 65. Um, so I think overall, maybe faster wireless charging, supporting something closer to the 9 Pro. So that's typically to what we see. Uh, OnePlus, I think, have, has learned the ecosystem the way they've set it up. In it, launch initially your high end and, and, and low end, so the 9 and the 9 Pro, and then later in the year offer a midpoint, somewhere in the middle that makes it compelling for more gamers, uh, slightly better price than we got with the 9 Pro, but still some of the tricks of the 9 Pro that we don't have on the 9. So that's that would probably be the best solution there, that where we're going. Um, Oxygen OS, um, you know, 12, I'm, I'm calling it 12, but essentially is the next version of Oxygen OS uh, is starting to, uh, you know, basically be released in an alpha uh, version on smartphones. I did a video for you guys a couple of weeks ago on that. Um, starting to see some development going towards this. So September is coming along very quickly. June is done. July and August are pretty much our next couple of months for, for OnePlus to kind of start fixing up and getting things running. Um, more than likely, the 9T will be launching with Android, with Android 11, so Oxygen OS 11 and Android 11. And very quickly, soon enough, once Android 12 comes up uh, for, for OnePlus devices, we'll see definitely more updates in that information there. Let me see here real quick. Um... 
Yeah. No, and, and so Greg is saying essentially, yeah, cheap $20 headphones sound good to me. It truly ends up becoming what you're looking for. My, my question would be, I always, whenever you're looking or you're purchasing new earphones, is that obviously this is one of those things you have to have to, to watch some videos and know some people that you, you trust their, pro, you know, their taste in specific sounds so that they're able to recommend the right type of air uh, headphones or earphones for those. Um, but, you know, always make sure that you're getting something that fits what you need. Uh, $20 bear earphones. If you know you're going to be, you know, listening to them and they sound good and the way they're getting, there's so many options at the, uh, the uh, around $50 or under $50 right now that it's truly not going to be hard for you to find something that matches what you need. Uh, we didn't, we're not in the time where basically everything was hundred, 150 to $300. I think there are so many variations of true wireless now that there seriously is enough on the market to find something that you, uh, that fits you. And again, yeah, with Greg, if you find something that works, that's absolutely going to be the best one. Um, okay. Hamad Tech Talk is asking is windows 11 is, uh, is out. Can I install it on a one gig of Ram PC? Just joking. Um, so first part of that is it's not out yet, right? It's, uh, the uh, preview. Well, I'll take that back. The ISO leak is available online. I'm not going to mention where to get it, but I'm sure, you know, um, a search would be very functional. Uh, and then the official preview that we're going to be getting is going to be coming out next year for people to try out. Official release is going to be later at the end of this year as a free upgrade also to Windows 10 users. And if I'm not mistaken, I love the joke that you threw in. And I think the minimum requirement is two gigs. I know four gigs of RAM, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, that would be funny, though, if you were able to run it. Although you never know, they may release later on, um, you know, like more. Um, it's like the... Um, I'm not going to say Windows CE, but, you know, kind of like what they did with Windows uh, 10 uh, for ARM. You know, there was a, basically an ARM-based version of it that ran on lower lower spec processors uh, and not essentially, you know, desktop like x86 or, you know, uh, AMD-powered processors. So we'll see what they provide. At the end of the day, aesthetically, it looks like, an, it's like a standard refresh. It could have honestly been a theme that was installed on Windows 10, um, mostly because the changes are truly not like as groundbreaking as what we've seen in the past. Uh, and I'm talking about like an, a truly like a revamp of an OS. Like I'm talking seven to eight. That was a massive change. Eight to 10 was also a massive change because it was a, a course correction to what we had with eight. So 11 looks like it's building on what we currently have. And Almost everything that runs currently comfortably on 10 runs very nicely on Windows 11. So you could see where the direction they're going. And there's some optimizations, obviously, some done there. Um, a, a way for them to try to bring a way to bring in Android apps in there to try to bring mobile apps into the experience and then bring in Amazon with uh, in there. Um, although there was also some uh, information talking about that, that you were able to basically sideload apps now. So it, it's a whole bunch of different things going on. But um, yeah, good luck. <laughs> I... Trust me, my thing would be is I want to trust it, uh, test it out on some of those Azul PCs that I have. So I have a PC stick and I have one of those little, uh, not Nook, it's like an, it's similar to the Nook, but essentially it's one of their mini PCs because I upgraded one of those. I got, um, I think if I'm not mistaken, I got eight gigs of RAM on that one. Um, I bought a couple of uh, uh, two sticks of RAM uh, from a buddy of mine that has the, had the phone, sorry, that had the Azul PC for review and he upgraded his RAM. So he bought eight gigs, brand new sticks. And then he still had his old, uh, you know, four gig sticks sitting around. So I say, Hey, do you mind? I buy it off of you. So kind of saves some money on his. And of course saves me from having to buy two sticks. So it works out for everybody. Um, but yeah, th those are the type of experiences that I think will benefit us the most. Uh, Windows 10 ran perfectly. So I think Windows 11 may be even a better experience. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, Greg, yes, exactly. Greg says, Nope, four gig minimum. I think if you go to the compatibility thing, that'll primarily be there. Hmm. We're doing good. Uh, let me see what else we're doing here. Sheldon, uh, ta, ta, ta. 
Okay, um, Sheldon's back with the. I definitely considered them if it was if I was looking for buds. I find Anchor products uh, to be very uh, reliable using the JBL buds uh, now and don't use them as much. Again, yeah, yes, that's why I was kind of like at the beginning mentioning. Um, wireless buds are not something that we buy as often as phones or maybe even as watches. Although I feel like smartwatches are also a little bit more that have a, a longer or longevity uh, with us. And we don't typically upgrade as often because typically if you're comfortable with it and it works, there's not much that really compels you to change, right? Unless the specific features come out like, you know, new type of measurement, uh, you know, metrics or so on uh, that typically won't change. And true wireless, honestly, it's a sound profile. I think as long as the sound that you're listening from them sounds good, connectivity is pretty decent, battery life is not dramatically plummeted after having them for a year, uh, I think you're more than likely going to be still comfortably using them. And most people, believe it or not, change their headphones once they lose one of the earbuds. Essentially, it ends up becoming a situation where you lose part of the setup that you have and it becomes incomplete. And that's what causes you to try to buy another one. And that typically is just, again, uh, that's not to nobody's fault, but essentially that's the problem when you have these things. Um, and that's why I like the magnetic functionality. Uh, they, they, they're clipped very nicely. They don't fall like you could definitely see here. This is more likely to clamp down than it is for them to fall. Uh, and the magnets on the Pixel Buds A series are way stronger than the Pixel Buds. Uh, not in a bad way, but definitely in a more secure fit way. I think that would be basically what I'm looking at. Uh, every, every time I open up the case, my phone just comes up and says, Pixel Buds A, battery level, so on. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. Uh, let me see here. Do definitely, definitely. Uh, so Sheldon's actually yeah, jumping. It, it, it is going to be an interesting ap uh, approach. So I'll, I'll say this. We, it, we've we had other opportunities, other applications, VM systems, like VM-based uh, situation uh, applications that have allowed us to run Android apps on Windows. It's not uncommon. Having Windows or Microsoft integrated in there and making it part of the system uh, Regardless if it's truly an Amazon experience or is it more just basically to compete with Mac OS because of the M1 integration now, I feel like it's an interesting approach. I think most Windows users, um, if they're if they're Android users, they're going to appreciate this. If they're iPhone users, obviously, they're not going to appreciate it because it's not going to really work for them at all. They can't get any of the functions that we get on the uh, Mac OS system. So they more than likely are already Mac users. And if they're Mac users, this isn't really going to affect them. So they're trying to appeal to the Samsung uh, users that I've already loved using uh, Windows, uh, like the um, notifications on Windows. So essentially the integration with Samsung devices where you're able to get your notifications, access your files, transfer files, and even actually open up and interact with some of the applications on your smartphone using Windows 10. So those are some optimizations that we saw already, and this builds on it. So I feel like this is something that we definitely would love it. Uh, Oliver, uh, Oliver saying is, um, has anyone here uh, tried the new XF Sony headphones? Uh, no, no, actually, I haven't seen. Hold on, I didn't. I'm not familiar with the XF series. Uh, let's see here, Sony XF. Oh, the XF 1000 XM3s. Um, nah, interesting. I thought it was no. Oh no, it brought up the WF again. Um, I think is it? Sorry, let me double check. So. I don't know if there is an XF. Hold on, let me see here. I'm sure there is, but I'm just uh, WH-W8XM X. So there's the X. There's the XM. No, so the WH series are the wireless. Uh, okay, so I'm not sure, Oliver. Um, did you mean WF uh, as opposed to uh, WH or WF? I think you meant to, the WF ones are the the new wireless. Uh, sorry, the WF ones are the new. Uh, true wireless ones that we did a video on uh, on the channel so that's the new one that i got 
Um, let me see here. I think I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. So Davin, jumping back with that, um, I'll wait to see your uh, your new Soundcore video and probably decide between uh, between then uh, that one and the Pixel Buds. Um, I want a good solution for personal calling uh, only. So yes, uh, Soundcore definitely has a very decent, very very good mic. That was about my only, if there was ever a uh, one thing I wished the XM4s from Sony had was, although they sounded like they had a good pickup on me, on my sound, but for some reason, um, I think the sound cores, I want to say the Liberty to Air sounded the best. Like seriously, it had a three microphone array that just sounded very good from an audio perspective of just listening in. And not only that, this is with uh, like environmental noise. So it was isolating the, uh, the noise on the subject and giving me the best experience. So those things are going to be coming up. But yes, uh, the P3s should be coming up very soon. Uh, I'll, give you, I'll keep you guys posted. Uh, I'm sure if you guys subscribe to the channel, I'm sure you'll see the video come up very soon. Uh, I don't have, uh, we're, I, we are not allowed, I'll say that. Um, we have an embargo that we have to meet and uh, we're able to share that we have the unit, but we don't have a way of sharing opinions about it yet. So that was one of the reasons I'm, I'm trying to be very, uh, walking the line very, very carefully there. Uh, for, yeah, so Davin Davis, let's do that, that. Let me see here, TK. Oops, I think I skipped. Okay, I know where I'm going. I know I'm going, where I'm going, where I'm going, where I'm going. Where am I going? Uh, dang, okay. I am way behind. Ooh. Oh, I, okay. Uh, did I see Matt Tyler? Hey, man. Good man. <laughs> Matt. I see TK's wiping the floor with me. Uh, Battlefield, Call of Duty. <laughs> Stop the grass. Matt Tyler is starting uh, like on, on Instagram. He's calling me out for, for some stuff. I, th there's been things going on. So I'll say this. The biggest problem I've ever had playing multiplayer. And if, if uh, Dan or er, Ergeist um, er is in there as well, would he would say the exact same problem. It's audio in games. It's, it's not an issue where I have no way of getting in there. It's just that for some reason, and I'll say this, I, uh, I use the same headset. This is the, uh, the, the Logitech um, X, the wireless X headset. It works perfectly for video calls, conference calls. Um, if I'm trying to record audio, if I'm using speech to text, if I'm doing some some note taking and stuff, it works perfectly for that. But for some reason, whenever I go into Call of Duty, Warzone, Black Ops, uh, or even Apex Legend, the audio just has so much problems. Like somehow server audio just, just does not want to work. So what ends up happening is that we end up having a situation where we're playing a game where, or, and let's say I, I down, I'm down by one of the enemies and so on, but I don't have a way of letting Matt know where I am. So it ends up becoming a situation it's like TK died without letting me know where the enemy is. He didn't even ping him. So yeah, uh, Matt, Matt, Matt's trying to stir up the pots a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, let me see here. Da, da, da. <laughs> I see one of the moderators. Matt is in there. Oh, here it is. Okay. So uh, Sarvan had the question, and I think that's where I kind of missed it here. So Sarvan, with 70% of laptop re uh, releases nowadays are uh, are gaming laptops, very, um, very less work laptops choices. Uh, are you a fan of gaming laptops, uh, of gaming laptops or PCs? Um, so the the approach well i'll say this um for years i've been buying gaming laptops and that's because for us as creators we need for the better for the better way of explaining this we need gaming hardware and it's primarily the gpu and also the increased amount of ram than laptops typically have so where there used to be more of a release of laptops that were considered basically more standard laptops and now we have basically rgb fusion rgb heaven kind of laptops that that are out there um i'll say this Gaming laptops are just very powerful laptops. That's typically what they are. They're overpowered because they're trying to comp they're private. Well, they're trying to give you the best experience when you're playing games. 
Um, I don't specifically like those type of laptops as much nowadays. I build, I well, even though I'm building a PC and I have, and I'm working out some uh, some temperature concerns right now, uh, my laptop that I'm actually working with you guys right now is actually a creator laptop, which is the opposite of what a gaming laptop is. It's specifically made for content creators um, or producers that are needing more. Uh, a laptop that has the power of a gaming laptop, but it doesn't have all of the RGB and fancy colors and you know fan boost and all of that good stuff. It does the job and it does it well. It just doesn't. It doesn't look pretty, I guess, in a better way. Uh, it just looks clean and very sleek. So uh, that for me, that's the concept D from Acer. So that's one of them. MSI makes them. Uh, but you're right. The 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 releases nowadays from almost every company that is a laptop-based company, like Dell, Compact, um, you know, Razer, uh, Nvidia, not Nvidia, but like other companies, like even Acer. Uh, they're focusing a lot on gaming experiences. And I feel like it's because there's a push for aesthetics. And I think that's primarily it. You're still able to find different combination. I think MSI is a perfect example of, even though it's considered to be a gaming laptop, but they're still providing you a affordable experience, like around $1,000 or even sub $1,000 uh, for laptops that are pretty powerful for uh, consumers to use. Uh, Chromebooks kind of filled in that little mid-ground for a lot of people. So a lot of people are going in with Chromebooks, especially within the last year when people had a massive push to buy in laptops to be able to work from home, education from home, a whole bunch of things. So I think a lot of a lot of people may have shifted away from powerful laptops for doing casual work that a Chromebook can give you the full range of what you can do in a browser from Chrome and not necessarily have to spend the dough on getting those you know expensive laptops. So that's I think that's really the shift that's been going on there. Uh oh, Wave Wavelet is a Viper for uh, is a Viper for Android non root version. Oh, dude. Okay, so I've been I have not been using Viper for Android for a long, long time. Okay, so um, I have not tried Wavelet yet. No, um, but I would love to be able to. So it's an audio EQ basically. Uh, well, an audio tuning application that allows you to basically. Uh, turn any phone into the, one of the best option phones on the market. So Viper for Android, it was something that I, uh, we, I've covered for a long, long time. Uh, and essentially, it was the only down thing about it is that you had to have a rooted smartphone. But the way it actually ran, it, it, it makes any EQ, any EQ app you can get on the market to put it to shame. Let's just say that much. Um, so I'll have to double check that uh, actually and see if I can test it out. I haven't, I, I'm not going to lie. I have not been rooting many of my devices, OnePlus devices mostly, but uh, for the most part, uh, typically I don't necessarily have to do that much to the audio. The, the performance since we're going USB-C has been over, uh, you know, Bluetooth and I haven't really considered installing or trying to get Viper for Android. And it sounds like Wavelet now is the next thing I should be trying. So I'll keep stay posted on this. I'll actually definitely check it out, especially since it's non-rooted devices. Well, hold on. Let's, let's download it on my Samsung here. So I'll keep it on my side and make sure not to forget about it. So thank you for uh, thank you for mentioning it there. Hopefully it's, I'm not sure if it's available. So here, Wavelet. Is it? Yeah, it is. Headphone sounding EQ. I'll have to check it out. Let me double check here. Uh, ta, ta, ta. Let me see here. Okay. Yes. So I downloaded that one. I'll definitely check it out. Uh, let's see here. Bluetooth, Bluetooth speakers. Uh, hey, okay, we see Greg is in there. Uh, uh, G can Opus rollable tech, uh, sorry, will be more, let me see here. Um, can Opus rollable tech, will it be more popular than, uh, more, more popular than the foldable ones? Uh, what do you think? I think, so G is asking a question, I think regarding the Oppo X, uh, 2021, that's the concept phone that they have right now. It's not a production phone. It's still technically considered a concept phone. 
Uh, TCL has something very similar. Uh, and then I think LG before the whole debacle uh, had something also in the works. We saw a tease for that at early 2021 this year at CES. Um, I think there's a different approach to what we're seeing here. I like the form factor of what the 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 rollable over foldable conversation. The reason behind that is the mechanics of the actual technology here means that the, the actual OLED is never bent in a specific way. It's rolled, and the roll has a specific curvature that's slightly bigger than what you typically get with the foldable, like with Samsung's foldable that we see here, and with the Z Flip, with the Z uh, with the Z Flip Three, or the you know uh, the other foldables that we have on there as well with Motorola. So. Will it be more popular? I think it's more of an aesthetical approach, right? The approach right now is a phone that has this type of technology uh, is less likely to have bending issues. It's considerably thinner than this than the foldables that we see right now. Um, and the display that you have is the best display that you have. You're not having to deal with multiple displays. So essentially, it's expanding the exact same display, and the UI elements just stretch out when you're expanding it. Where the foldable typically has an external display, and that typically is what you're using most of the time. And if you want a bigger experience or on the display, of course, you open it up, and then you're greeted with the tablet-like experience on the inside part of it. Uh, the Z Flip does a very different approach to this because what it does essentially gives you a small, almost non-functional display in the front. It's more of a notification or maybe kind of like a quick information thing. Uh, they integrated the camera app, uh, you know, the preview in it. I think that was a good, good call for them. Um, but it was something again that that it doesn't really do much. You still need to use the insert and the internal display all the time. Where the Z Fold gave you kind of like the best of both worlds. It's the standard slab smartphone meets a foldable. So I think those are the things that we always have to kind of appreciate. That will rollable be more appropriate or, or more popular than that? It's going to come down to adoption. Right now, we're still. I mean, they're still $1,000 plus, so not everybody's picking them up, and it's not really in the general consumers. It's really more specific niche uh, people that are looking for this type of technology. So for me, I haven't had a chance to check out any rollable from a foldable experience. I think the Z Fold 2 is the best that we have currently market-wise that we're able to buy. Um, you know, we saw Xiaomi put out some, uh, you know, their own version. We also saw Huawei update their version as well, although Huawei and Xiaomi, for the most part, look exactly similar-wise from a functional-wise uh, to what we have with the Z Fold. So we're not really looking at very big variations as we used to have with the original Mate X from uh, from Huawei, where it was primarily an external display only with fold over itself. Now it's pretty much very similar. So we'll see. But again, hey, Matt, hope you're doing well. Uh, let me see here. Okay. Um, uh, II7 Mads, I said, what do you think about what would happen to OnePlus after what happened between it and Oppo? So... The, the conversation around the OnePlus and Oppo has been kind of going around and it's still obviously, some people are concerned, some people are worried. At the end of the day, we have to kind of understand a couple of things. Oppo and OnePlus have always had a relationship. There's, it's never been a situation where it was not there and we were kind of like guessing at it. They're both owned by a company called BBK. Now, BBK is the, um, <coughs> sorry. BBK is the basically the think of them as a subsidiary of them. So uh, you have Realme, Vivo, Oppo, and OnePlus. They're all part of the same group. So we've always known that Oppo and OnePlus have typically not competed against each other, but they've existed in similar markets. So in Europe, specifically in an Asian market. Um, and at the end of the day, when you start looking at some of the devices that you got, saw on Oppo and you saw on OnePlus, you see very much similar things, especially like the Nord series. Some of those devices actually show up on the Oppo brand. But the, the the thing that a lot of people are concerned right now is, will Color OS take over Oxygen OS? So the OS experience that we typically have, and believe it or not, 90% of your personal experiences, your opinions on a smartphone 
are not about the external uh, the external part it's truly about the skin over android that you're using because that's what you live day in and day out this smartphone may look great because samsung put so much money into inventing the, the color black uh that's not what i use that's not what i live uh, live by i'm not holding the phone all day long looking at it and saying oh nice phone i like that that's the initial appeal right you get in with that that initial appeal of aesthetics but at the end of the day it's the ui elements and what it does both color os and oxygen os are very powerful android skins that have evolved quite a bit from what we've used in the past and what i mean by this OnePlus has specifically held on to Oxygen OS up to Oxygen OS 10, very similarly to the original version of Oxygen OS once they separated from uh, CyanogenMod, right? So we they took some of the aesthetics there and they built it up from there. They had a parallel version of it called Hydrogen OS for the Chinese market, pretty much the same version minus a few Google services and so on and more specifically geared into the Asian Chinese market, really. Um, ColorOS had a lot of struggles getting into where it is now. And what we, what I mean by this, ColorOS 7 was a massive improvement over 6.1 or 6. But ColorOS 7 never made it to everything, on the, not to all of their smartphones. And it still has some concerns. ColorOS 11, when they jumped over, went from, as opposed to going to 8 and went straight to 11 to match the Android version, was a massive revamp of, a, of the operate, of their skinned version of Android on top of 11. And realistically both oxygen os 11 and color os 11 are very strong very fast very fluid a lot of features and i really don't see a big benefit going from one over the other but we have a statement from oneplus saying that the international market will still see oxygen os as opposed to what we see in the asian market hydrogen os is gone and color os took over for that so the OnePlus 9 and OnePlus 9 Pro in China sell or are, are using hydro, uh, sorry, Color OS 11 as opposed to they're using you know Oxygen OS or Hydrogen OS 11. So that's about the difference. The merger back between the teams, honestly, it's a more of a cost savings. It's like having um, two salespeople for the same company work just two separate brands, and you're double paying both sides. So it, it really, if you think of it from a cost savings, it made sense for BBK to combine both, especially since they were already sharing a lot of information. I feel like it's a longer story really uh, over the simplification of it uh i think at the end as long as we keep getting innovation technology for improvements honestly i would love to see some of the camera experiences that we see on oppo devices bleed a little bit more on to oneplus i think that was one of the biggest things that i always felt like with last year's phone the 8 pro did a great job but i still preferred the color science that i saw from oppo smartphones with color os 11 on the find x2 pro so very much a very similar experience, slightly different aesthetics on the externals. But again, I want to see more benefit there. Um, and it's just more of a logical thing. I, I My hope is that obviously what a lot of us are worried about is at some point is that OnePlus disappears. And I don't think OnePlus will disappear. There's a big fan following that Oppo does not have right now. And I think they're still working on reaching that where OnePlus lives and thrives in. So that's really where a lot of people are going to basically be following. I think OnePlus is a much bigger brand than, uh, especially with the fans, uh, than when I think both uh, the, you know, BBK would definitely appreciate that a lot more, uh, especially with the following that they've had. And again, if you followed OnePlus since the beginning, you know exactly how, how they are and how they got to where they are. Um uh, <laughs> Let me see here. Uh, I, okay, we talked about Matt, you know, trashing me. Uh, man, uh, main point, phone phone cooling system is under smartphone uh, for all-rounder working, DKS. Okay, so I'm not sure if I'm, there's maybe a conversation, DKS, 
uh, that I may have missed. Um, is Onward Mobility P PKB BlackBerry still coming to the market this year? I think Team BlackBerry moved on. Unfortunately, I think, yeah, uh, there's a clone of the Blackberries that are coming out right now. I think it's called a Titan. Uh, that's on a, uh, I don't know if it's still, if the campaign is still going on, but yeah, no, sadly, Team BlackBerry, at least right now, uh, no no word as far as if they are coming back or not. Uh, and I think we already talked about OnePlus and Oppo, uh, offline video calling feature. Um, how can you do an offline calling? How do you, how do, you do a video calling offline? I, by definition, you'd need to be online, right, um, uh, DKS? Hopefully that makes sense. I, Greg, I'm with you as well. Aditya is in there. Hey, man, hope you're doing well. Um, yes, I'm, I'm doing, I'm actually doing pretty good. Uh, although temperatures in the Southern California are going way back up. Um, and um, I don't know if you guys remember a while back or every once in a while, I post pictures from my uh, temperature sensor. I have an actual, like a little weather station that I had in my house called Bloom Sky. Um, unfortunately, that one died a couple of days ago or so. Um, and it served like I want to say seven or eight years of, of consistent daily access. And I loved knowing exactly what the temperature was in my house, but I think something finally uh, decided that they basically, you know, just give up. Uh, so I got to go, go, go up there and check that out. So that was a, a little bit of a side note, but uh, you know, uh, you know, a little bit of more information. Let me see here. Aditya run with it. Raspberry Pi. Yeah. Uh, George Brown, man. Hope you're doing well as well. Thank you very much, man. Um, <laughs> I like this one. Uh, you got to respect the TK. Uh, TK walks that fine line between sharing and potentially illegally linking Windows 11, but yet trust that to find uh, <laughs> to find it on your own. You got to have it. You, you, you got to be able to. I, I'll say this from the years of making videos for XDA, um, I've learned the I've, I've practiced enough to basically try to say, look, at the end of the day, if you're looking for something hard enough, you are going to find it. That's always going to be the solution. Um, and, I, and I say this because I, I was doing videos about ruining smartphones, unlocking bootloaders, when it wasn't really even that popular to make videos about those things. I mean, the community that thrives on it obviously loves it. But outside of our own bubble community, the XDA community that was going with that, a lot of people didn't really understand what rooting and modding and installing a custom ROM and installing exposed modules or, or even Viper for Android uh, for customizing your audio experience. So those are things that, you know, truly like it scared people. So it, it, you have to kind of basically, yeah, literally, you have to kind of play that fine line. And, and the biggest thing I think you always have to kind of play a fine line around was, was always basically gaps or the Google applications whenever you're installing a custom ROM. Because by law, you cannot host a ROM or you cannot bake Google Play services into a ROM that is not baked by Google or certified by them. So there was always a solution going on or uh, like, you know, how to, how to be able to sideload them, right? We're not saying there was a way of cheating it, but the goal essentially was always to kind of get you the experience the best as possible. So I appreciate the DT as uh, support right there as always thank you very much man um uh unfortunately ticket i'm not going to purchase the xperia one oh george brown uh, i'm not going to be getting the xperia one mark three um i'll wait uh <laughs> the wait is ridiculous it is a very weird uh uh so i'll say this um it's no secret i think you guys have probably already saw there that i had some time with the xperia one mark two mark three i don't have the phone anymore so that's not something unfortunately i can i mean even if i did i wouldn't be able to mention things about it specifically 
Um, I can tell you that the the release, at least the current existing release plan that we have, um, it, the announcement said late summer, right? So we are in summer, not early. I mean, we're in the beginning of summer at least, and only maybe a week into it after Father's Day here in the U.S. Um, what I'm referring to essentially is that the Chinese market apparently has had that for some time now, for almost a month or so, and uh, right now we don't have any specific for uh, you know timeline of when we're getting ours or when Europe will be getting theirs. So there's always that little bit of a delay kind of going on. Um, last year, if there's any constellation, uh, uh, George, we didn't get it till the end of July and Europe got it at the beginning of June or no, no, I want to say at the beginning or middle of June or sometime in June, Europe got it and us didn't get it to literally almost the end of July. So I think they're typically, they're still st sticking to their plan existingly. I think, uh, there's enough videos on the, on the, on the web now, uh, English videos as well from the Chinese market, uh, of the Xperia one Mach three to give you kind of an opinion. And hopefully I'll be able to kind of give a few more words about that as well in the near future. So that'll be my experience. I think Juan will also have a few things to cover about it as well. Uh, it's something that I, I've been waiting for from what I saw with the announcement that I was very excited for. And it's something that I always wanted to basically see is how can, you know, how can Sony improve over the one Mark II? So essentially my favorite phone of 2020, uh, one of the favorite phones on top of the uh, Find X2 Pro is this guy. It's a 4K panel smartphone in your hand, uh, stereo speakers, headphone jack, all the things that you want, wireless charging, uh, expandable storage. Who knew that that still existed? Um, in a smartphone that fits in your hand, and it definitely was a very, it is a very sm good smartphone. I think the few things that I, I feel like were not showing up there was we didn't get 5G in the US. And we also missed a few things in the sense of color options as well. We only had one color option. So we'll have to see. But I'm with you. It, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a wait. I, I am waiting. I'm counting the days when I'm able to buy it. Because even though I got a chance to test it, I don't have it. So it's not something I don't have a, a timing to be able to play with it. Uh, Hopefully, I will be in the near future once we we're able to get our hands back on them. Uh, let me see. <laughs> Sarayan, uh, Sarayan is asking, how are you? Doing well. Doing well. Thank you for asking. Hope you're doing well as well. Um, it is Saturday, June 26th, and this is episode 76 of the Saturday Morning with Tech Show. Uh, let me see here. It's like a bowl of soup outside today. <laughs> It's, see how things are it, it's getting back so for us here in in southern california uh we're going to be back into the one uh, like around 41 42 celsius so for our friends outside of the u.s uh, it's going to be about 42 and for us in the u.s it's about 105 106 fahrenheit so it's gonna we're gonna be cooking for sure uh no more rain i take it you guys uh not getting as much there uh let me see here <laughs> steam mode uh, la, la, la. has anyone used an Xperia 5 Mark II? Oh, nice. I love that one. You brought up a good subject. So if Dan or Ergeist was in the chat, he'd definitely jump on with that one. He's, he has, he's played with it. I've used it, uh, for quite some time. Um, the Xperia 5 Mark II pretty much literally embodies what this guy is. It's a small version of this guy. Um, you get the 120 frames per second refresh rate. You also get the 4K 120 hertz, uh, uh, you know, re recording video. Um, and you got that with Windows, with Android 10. I was going to say Windows 10. With Android, not 10, 11. <laughs> That's what happens when you bring a show and you start jumping operating systems. Um the main benefit there, essentially, you still didn't get 5G, at least in the U.S., but from a form factor, battery life, and experiences, this is literally the best that Sony had to offer. We don't, we also don't have wireless charging. That was the other thing. Uh, but you get literally some of the best experiences there. Great camera experience on the back with the triple camera sensors that you have, exact same sensors that you have on the Xperia 1 Mark II. Uh, the only difference, is essentially, is I felt like the front-facing camera experience is it, it's okay. 
uh, it's not going to compare as well to the back sensors. Let's just say that. You'll get much better experience there. So if you're looking into one, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Gary, I like that. Drinking water by the leader. Uh, I, I feel you, man. We have to stay hydrated. These type of experiences with heat, uh, especially with the summer and temperatures going up every time, it, it's it's very it's not safe for us to be able to, to stay out there like that without hydrating as well. Pretty sure. Yeah. So Oliver. Okay. So <laughs> I think that's what. Yeah. I I, I gathered you meant the WF. Um, so uh, my question, obviously, there's two different WFs, right? There's the um, the WF and the WH. The WF is the one that we just saw. Uh, we just actually, if you check the video that I posted earlier this week on Monday or Tuesday, um, I did my video review of the WFX, uh, the W, sorry, the WF 1000 XM4s. Literally, when <laughs> I like to call them the XM4s, although there is technically two XM4s if you're talking about it, but these are the in-ear XM4s as opposed to the over-the-ear XM4s from Sony. Uh, so I actually think they're, they're some of the best options you can get on the market, battery life, uh, connectivity, uh, sound quality, uh, range, uh, you know, a lot of things were improved, wireless charging on the case, the smaller form factor. The biggest thing that I probably would say for me, that was a little bit of a, if you have to, if you rely heavily on it, um, now, audio quality isn't bad. It, it's still understandable. People can still hear you, and it works perfectly fine. Uh, it's just I felt like some of the, the audio performance uh, is a little bit better on some of the sound cores that we've had, or some of, uh, or even uh, I would say probably uh, earphone maybe a little bit. But I think sound core for the most part. I feel like since I've, I've been using a lot of sound core headphones lately, they do some of the best audio experiences. They have really good mic pickup and a good mic array setup on there. Uh, so definitely very nice. Uh, but yeah. Hopefully that answered your question, by the way. Uh, let me see here. Oh, man, we jumped. I, 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 loved, I, I love the comments that uh, on, uh, on StreamYard, but the problem is if I scroll anywhere too fast, it jumps. Uh, oh, Joe Hickey's in there. Hey, Greg, good morning, man. Hope you're doing well. Joey B's in there. Okay, I'm, I'm missing a whole bunch of people. How you doing, man? Uh, beyond uh, narratives. Uh, Okay, so uh, the question that he's asking here, okay, so Beyond Narrative is asking a very interesting question. He's saying, Xperia 1 Mark II is better than the 1 Mark III worth it. Um, I'm not sure how the question is actually phrased, because are you saying, is the Xperia 1 Mark III worth it? Uh, right now, I personally can't really make a statement on this, because primarily I don't have, I'm not able, I'm not able to share um, any information about my experience with it yet. There's an embargo date that we have to adhere to. Once that is broken, we'll definitely be seeing, seeing more videos. So if you're not subscribed, make sure to check that out. Um, is the one Mark II better than the one Mark III? Um, I think somebody that said the one Mark III, somebody that's looking at the one that has the one Mark II uh, may, may not necessarily, based on the specs that we've seen that already been uh, released, may not see a massive boost of performance difference. There is obviously a few key factors. Uh, the device hardware-wise from a spec point of view is better, and that's something that we have to kind of appreciate uh, purely on specs and what's available currently on the information from Sony's website. So I would probably say from specs point of view, it is better. Is it worth it? Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, there are, are some other options or other... Um, yeah, I, I wish I could help. Let's just say this much. I, I, I have to respect, obviously, uh, my agreement and my word that I gave to Sony, so I will have to kind of stick to that for now. Uh, but I would say uh, it's definitely on spec-wise, uh, it's it definitely an upgrade. Hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> uh, Matt, absolutely. Uh, Sheldon, back in there. Okay, I'm hoping I'm not missing too much. I do want to kind of jump in real quick with the quick eyes on. Uh, 
George says, I'm going to wait for the Xperia 1 Mark IV next year. He's going to jump next year. Uh, but uh, but, to, uh, but sorry, to hold me off, uh, just purchase a Motorola G50 with 5G support and a 90 hertz refresh rate. So definitely, I think there are, I mean, it depends on what you're using. If you are on the 1 Mark II, typically you want to basically jump a year. So wait at least about a year or so before you jump in on the next uh, generation of the phone. So I feel like if you had the, the original Xperia 1, uh, the Xperia 1 obviously has, is a. this is definitely a much bigger upgrade. This is similar to what we saw last year, but it's a much, much bigger upgrade. We're talking 4K, we're talking 4K 120, video recording, Android 11, uh, a whole bunch of different things. I think Android 11 is already on the Xperia 1, but yeah, for sure. I, I like your idea of the way you're looking into it. Uh, okay, let me see here. Assalamu uh, alaikum, Realme GT or Poco F3 GT? Oh man, uh, Mehmet, uh, um, sorry, uh, Habibi. So I'll give you guys a little bit of a background thing going on right now, which I, I didn't get a chance to share it publicly. So um, I've been working with um, a PR company to try to get my hands on a Realme GT, okay? So I've played with the, the Poco F3 and that's because I've had it and I've worked with, uh, with Xiaomi and Poco, sorry, Poco before. Uh, and of course, helicopter flying over now. Um, so, but I haven't had a chance to get the phone yet. They're trying to work with me on something that could benefit you guys and give you an opportunity to get something that's really, really cool. I can't see anything all about um, about it because I haven't really gotten the hardware yet. So I'm in the I'm in the middle of waiting for uh, my own unit to try to check out and share with you guys my opinion. And the reason why I'm saying this is uh, Realme tweeted out uh, that myself, Isa, and I forgot the name of the gentleman also from the uh, from Canada, um, are part of the team that are going to be getting some chance to to spend some time with. Uh, the Realme GT. So I, I can't really say too much other than to say th this, uh, based on what's on the market right now and what's available, Xiaomi and Real, sorry, Poco and Realme are definitely jumping in and they're trying to release a very competitive experience when it comes down to the Snapdragon 88. The Realme GT is literally trying to give you a very inexpensive version of the Snapdragon 888 with, with focus on cooling, which is a big thing that a lot of us are, uh, anybody that's used the Snapdragon 888 can tell you that the 888 can run hot. It's something. Uh, that's something if I'm dealing right now with my PC at home. Um, I upgraded two pieces of components, major components of my heart, my system, the CPU and the GPU. And coincidentally, both the GPU and the CPU tend to run hot. The 3080 Ti is a, a warmer temperature one because it runs, it's, it's, they, they call it basically the 3090 performance and the 3080 body. Let's just say that there's a small degradation, not there's a small difference between the 3080 Ti and the 3090. The 5950X is also a very powerful CPU, but it typically runs hot. I'm averaging about 81 degrees Celsius um, consistently on the on the CPU with water cooling on it. So understanding that these typically are generally hot, and the 888 is no no different in that sense. It runs hot. It does need a little. Uh, it needs better cooling. Let's just say that, and better understanding of that in the system. Uh, let me see here. Okay, so I think we've hit the certain point in here where I think we're we should be good enough. So let's go ahead and do because I want to do this unboxing with you guys, and I want to share with you guys the N200 from uh, OnePlus, uh, from Nord. So this is the N200 or the Nord one, uh, and, uh, one the Nord N200 5G. So let me put the keyboard, uh, well, uh, oh, let's just put it over here. We're not gonna mess anything. And of course, let's turn on, <laughs> let's, let's turn on the eye in the sky. Cause that's how we're gonna be able to do it. So we'll go to this one and we'll do turn it here. So here we are, here is the N200. Uh, okay, so Mehmet, hold on, I'm gonna take that comment out just to bring it back. Um, so here, this is gonna be a quick unboxing. I'm gonna actually go ahead and start 
recording here because I want to be able to use this clip a little bit later on. Uh, so this is the N200 from OnePlus. I want to say first and foremost, thank you for sending it out for review. Uh, we get right here, the N200, uh, basically N200 5G. Uh, this is the US variant. It's an unlocked version. There's going to be a version of it for T-Mobile as well as Metro P by T-Mobile. So those are the two carriers that we get there. We got the OnePlus logo, very nice. And uh, there's a QR code on this end. Let me see here, anything else? Uh, po, po, po. Let's go ahead and do this. And as far as the specifications, uh, this is going to be one version. This four gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of internal storage, and it's a blue quantum color. So let's go ahead and open it up. Give it a second here. And uh, so first and foremost, obviously, we get the phone right out of the box. And again, it's a nice blue tone. We'll check that out in a second. We have a little insert here. And this is the Nord. Okay. <laughs> So here it is, uh, the SIM removal tool is present on the left side. We have a safety instruction manual, pretty standard, straightforward. Let's go ahead and do this here, close it up. And then we of course have uh, the standard USB-C to what looks to be USB type A. So standard USB-C to USB type A. Let's go ahead and put that back here. And here uh, we have a US style charger, USB type A. So what we see when I know with, the, with the OnePlus 9 is we typically get USB type C. Uh, this is A to C. So this is going to be what we use. So we have that there. Uh, and it is actually going to be supporting, if I'm not mistaken, let me see here. It doesn't want to go in. Uh, it's going to be supporting the 18 watt charging that we get on this. It's not going to be 30 watt charging. And it's a 5,000 milliampere battery that we have in the uh, on, this, uh, on the smartphone. So let's go ahead and do this. And let's take out the phone. And here we are. So uh, large, very nice. Hold on, let me just make sure, double check on the chat, make sure we're getting everything covered. Uh, ta, ta, ta. Here, okay. And if I'm not mistaken, here, I think I may have, let me click this back here. Okay. Uh, come on, yeah, come on. There we go. Okay. So. Uh, let me just bring down the information. So yeah, uh, what we have essentially here is this is the N200 5G. It is a US version. Uh, we have basically one of the microphones on the top. Fingerprint sensor is present with the power button. So it's present right here on the right. Uh, we go down all the way. We have basically USB-C for uh, headphones, uh, as well as audio uh, and charging, as well as data transfer. Microphone, a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack that's present right there, a bottom firing speaker. The display that we have here is a 6.49. So basically a 6.5 inch display. Let's go ahead and power it on. We have a punch hole style camera that's present on the bottom left, the best spot to have it. That's actually my favorite spot. And this is running Android 11 with Oxygen OS 11 right now. Um, on the left side, we have a volume rocker as well as the SIM tray that supports a sim single SIM card with an SD card support. The, the version that I saw here had, it seems like the second slot has been uh, uh, blocked off. So I'm not sure if this is gonna be a version of this where it supports two SIMs, but at least in this one, one SIM card and an SD card that is supported directly in here. So you can expand the 64 gigs of internal storage with that SD card. Um, on the back, we get that nice blue color that, we, that I just mentioned to you guys. Again, it only comes with one. Uh, we are using the Qualcomm Snapdragon 8, uh, 480 chipset here. That's going to be running here. Four gigs of RAM of LPDDR4. And of course, six gigs of internal, sorry, 64 gigs of internal storage, UFS 2.1, expandable up to 256. Uh, battery is eight, uh, it's a 5,000. Let me go ahead and unlock this one. Since I only had, like I said, I've had the device for about a day or so. So I'm just basically booting it up for us right here. I'll give it a second to finish. Uh, I do have my SIM card in here. And let's go ahead and turn off Wi-Fi just to kind of show real quick. One of the biggest thing about it is the fact that it is actually uh, for, for, the two, for the 239 or 229 price that it's selling right now. Let's go ahead and show you guys real quick. We have 5G support here in the US. Now this is running on a T-Mobile or T-Mobile SIM card. So it's obviously what we're getting here essentially is that experience. 
It's an IPS display, uh, 90 hertz refresh rate. So we'll go ahead and go down. I do have dark mode turned on. Let's switch over down to display and let's see here. Blah, blah, blah. Ambient display scaling. Uh, oh, I think it's usually here under, yeah, right there. So 90 hertz and it is turned on by default. Actually, that was something I did not change since I got it. So very nice, very similar. A lot of the customizations that we get uh, before. So you get under customization, uh, we have canvas on the display. We have always on display. It seems like it's also running here. So a lot of things that we typically like security features, um, Android 11, again, with Oxygen OS. Uh, initial impressions on this is actually pretty decent, uh, pretty fast processor. The 480 is actually pretty capable. Uh, took some pictures with it yesterday when I walk, went to walk on a walk with my son. Uh, and you know you, you definitely get the, some of those color. The colors are definitely able to jump out. Uh, the shooter on the back, if I'm not mistaken, is a 13 megapixel sensor with uh, two sensors, a two megapixel depth sensor, and a macro lens. On the front is a 16 megapixel sensor that we typically get from OnePlus. So um, it's definitely a, an experience that I would say. Let me go ahead and turn this guy off. Uh, that's the beauty of being able to record things in the middle of a show. <laughs> we can jump in. Uh, we can actually do a, an unboxing and record it and use the clip for a later later show because, uh, you know, we'd be doing it here. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so if you think about it realistically, I think let me double check real quick on, on, on the OnePlus site. I think it's $239 US. It is $239.99 US right now available on the OnePlus side. It is supposedly, like I said, there's um, it's going to be coming on on T-Mobile in the US as well as Metro by T-Mobile. So essentially both T-Mobile either owned or subsidiary of T-Mobile. Uh, and then for me, I've been using it with my T-Mobile SIM, so it works perfectly exactly the same. Um, all of the features of, you know, of uh, Oxygen OS 11 are in here. So we have a lot of the features that optimize the experience. So it's fast, it's fluid, and it takes benefit of the fact that we have 5G connectivity on it now um, at this price range. So this is literally one of the cheapest 5G phones that we can get on T-Mobile uh, or even from OnePlus. Um, <laughs> So we'll have to have to double check here and see real quick. Um, yeah, so this is the different thing. So OnePlus also at the same time, or maybe about a week before then, they announced the OnePlus, uh, I think it was the Nord CE, the core edition uh, with the Snapdragon 750G. So that was a little bit more, I feel like that was the successor to what we got last year with the OnePlus Nord, which is running the 765. So that was a little bit different. And then at this Nord, this was really what happened is that early in this year, we got the N10 and the N100. Both of those don't feature 5G. Uh, and I think that was the biggest thing. They wanted to feature a 5G uh, phone that was affordable, available in the market, and of course, works with T-Mobile and uh, what we have in the US. So it supports sub-6 type of 5G. It's not a an ultra-wideband, uh, ultra so no, no UW support for Verizon, no mention of Verizon at this point. Um, will it get Android 12? So typically, uh, so yes. Typically, from what we've seen with, with with Nord, at least, is they're they're given one update, one version update. This was released with Android 11. It didn't update the 11. So the understanding is that this should be able to receive Android 12. So that's what we've seen in the past with Nord. Uh, I wouldn't hold me to this yet because I need to confirm it. But it, typically, what they've done is one version upgrade of software uh, for Nord. So that's hopefully. I mean, it, well, the other. Sorry, I'll take that back. 
if if it does show up it may take a little bit of time because of the when this device and how far it is on on these on spectrum we haven't really had a lot of history on the nord nord is literally about a year or so old so we haven't really seen a lot of history of information as far as how long uh, and how much uh, how fast you get updates and so on from one version of software to the other to be, to my understanding i think the one the n10 and the n100 are still running android 10 not android 11 they were released with android 10 early this year uh, now, they were released in Europe earlier, but in the U.S., we received them in, uh, earlier this year. Um, <laughs> let me see. Are we, hopefully, I'm not missing too much. Uh, uh, da, da, da. Okay, I think that's all this going on. Canadian. So, okay, so it's about 320 Canadian. So about a price difference, but I'm I'm assuming that's pretty reasonable. I think uh, Sheldon's kind of putting it in that it's actually a pretty decent price. Uh, charges, we don't need <laughs> no stinking charges. <laughs> I don't know about you, Gary, but, you know, I think some people still value a, uh, you know, chargers in the box. I think Samsung pretty much just said no. Okay, so for that chat, for that, for that, uh, the side, okay, for that chin, the camera uh, punch hole, uh, just, uh, just make it, oh, let me see here. Uh, Matt Tyler's jumping in. Okay, for that chin and size, uh, and, and the size of the camera punch hole, uh, just make it, uh, just make it even and, <laughs> uh and and have a forehead forehead bezel uh, as opposed to basically just uh i think what essentially is trying to say is trying to make it a little bit more symmetrical as opposed to what we're getting i think what we're we need to also kind of like i said when you look at a smartphone and you're looking at the features that it comes with try to gauge the features and the specifications that you're looking at with the price point that they're trying to tailor so that that kind of gives you an indication they went with ips over oled so that's first thing they still trying to do always on display but then they pack this guy Although it's a 480 processor with a 5,000 milliampere battery, so their their focus on this is longevity, long battery life, decent experience when it comes down to cameras, uh, and of course 5G connectivity is what they're trying to give you the, the biggest experience here. Uh, this, for the most part, will be very much a similar experience to the N100. And what I mean by this essentially is it's really a one functional camera on the back and one functional camera on the front. Um, Macro or depth sensors are decent, but I feel like at the end of the day, those are going to be the experiences that you're getting. Expandable storage is definitely very nice. Having a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack is also very nice. And they're catering to that experience. So very much an affordable uh, phone that you're able to pick up. And if even if you decide to finance a phone like this, it's going to be basically seven, maybe 10 bucks at the most a month, which should definitely fit a lot of people's budgets. So if you're looking for something like this, I think there's a, there is definitely a demand for that. Last year uh, or earlier this year, I think uh, I did receive the N10 from OnePlus for review and I ended up buying my own N100. That was just it, because I truly felt like it was a good experience that I think a lot of people would benefit from knowing about it. And the N200 is definitely no different. I think this is definitely a very decent experience what we get there. Um, just, so, just so many cameras. How? Uh, the the experience that we typically get with a lot of smartphones nowadays is uh, there's something to be said to say that we have many cameras. We have a triple camera setup. We have a quad camera setup. The reality at the end of the day, depth sensing cameras, I... I I personally don't think of them as a camera because you can't really take a picture through them. They're more of an assist camera. Uh, the statement is true, though, when you say you have multiple cameras, because that's an actual hardware requirement, uh, not requirement, a true fact. And the devices do typically use them. Like the macro lens is something that you are able to switch over in the camera mode. Uh, but I look at it from a sense of what people will typically use on a daily or at the most realistically, most of us will use the primary shooter in the back. There's no wide angle lens, so we're not going to be able to jump into that. So if you don't have a wide angle and there's no telephoto, true telephoto, um, 
the primary shooter is going to be the one that you're going to live with. When you jump into portrait mode, that secondary camera jumps in and helps. But again, it's not something that you're going to be activating. It just activates based the mode, you know, via the mode that you're using. And then, of course, the macro is more of, I think, something that you use a couple of times. And then after a while, you kind of forget that it's there because mostly I don't think a lot of us do macro photography. Uh, and what I mean by this is very, being very close to the subject and then trying to get the, some of those images. Uh, the images that I shared with you guys real quick, again, was from a, just a simple walk. We went out yesterday after dinner and the weather was still decent. It was warm, but it wasn't hot. Uh, and uh, I was able to take a, a few snaps there. So there'll be a video coming up for the N100, sorry, the N200 5G very soon. Uh, but I wanted to kind of show you, case you guys do a quick unboxing. So we kind of like to share that together today. Hopefully that that made uh, you guys enjoy that as much as I had. Uh, and I, I like doing these things. Uh, once I get the the uh, the Realme GT, I will definitely be doing a video like the moment we get that. We'll do an unboxing and I may have a, a small announcement about something going on with it. Uh, the reason why I can't share too much is because nothing's been solidified and I can't really be specific. So if I say something, I share something, people may uh, get the wrong idea and I may be committing something that I don't have a way of com uh, fulfilling or meeting that requirement. Uh, so we'll have to kind of stick to that for now. Uh, yeah, no, uh, hey, Dwight, uh, definitely, yeah. It, it's one of those things that you kind of look at and say, how did they do it at that price? That's the question. Um, I was thinking the exact same situation with the N100 last year. It was just literally one of the craziest pricing that I've ever seen on a smartphone in the US. And I felt like they were, they were truly trying to push the limits of what they were able to, how low could they go, kind of like a lim uh, limbo kind of thing. Um, and they did a decent job. And I think the N100 is still a very good, uh, affordable smartphone. Uh, and the N200 builds on that. Let's just say that. Yeah, for sure. Let's see what we have here. I'm sorry, I keep jumping back at Joe, uh, Joe, Joe's comment right there. Uh, let me see here, Dwight. Uh, Joe, you... <laughs> Joe, you a YouTube amateur. Oh, man. Let me double check here. Uh, okay, here. Uh, Matt Tyler. Hey, TK. Uh, get the Realme. Uh, get the gets the Realme GT goes uh, goes into his Tesla automatically and gets racing stripes. You know that's going to be the exact same situation, right? I already have the the color of the car is already black. All I have to do is just get yellow stripes, and then pretty much it'll be basically the Tesla GT, and we'll go from there. I, I actually, I'm not. That does not. That that actually doesn't sound too bad of an idea. Um, that actually doesn't sound bad. Yeah, making a GT style yellow, like the yellow black uh, striping, because that also kind of fits into my uh, McLaren thing. That that so one of my favorite designs on OnePlus devices to date has to be the McLaren Concept One phone. Uh, that it, literally I got to spend maybe 10, 20 minutes with at CES twenty nineteen, and unfortunately I've tried many many times reaching out to my PR contacts or even people that I know at OnePlus, but those devices do not exist. I don't know where they went, what happened. I know somebody has a collection there sitting with one of them, but yeah, short answer, uh, the, the, the McLaren, which was essentially very similar to the GT colors, uh, from the Realme GT, uh, are definitely very, very, uh, appealing. Uh, yeah. Oh dude, absolutely. Uh, Aditya, thank you very much. So folks, if you guys are enjoying the stream, please hit that like button as it helps the show. Of course, share that with your friends uh, as it helps the video and then turn the channel uh, perform, performance at better. So hopefully that the algorithm can also uh, work 
share the content. Let's just say that if you're if you're enjoying the show, if you're uh, if you're having fun, and you like uh, you know going through asking questions and going through all of that stuff, I would definitely myself as well as everybody in the chat will always appreciate uh, showing some love. And then again, you know, if you like to comment on the show, of course, always. And uh, you know, we're we're always here to to enjoy and talk about some of the best tech uh, tech stuff that we have on the market today. Um, no one else with a Tesla has racing stripe. I can tell you that. Uh, I can tell you, yeah, I actually, I've seen some crazy, I'll say this. Um, it's weird first, how many Teslas, and, and this is going to be obviously based on the fact that I live in the US, but so I didn't realize how many Teslas are in the city that I live in or in the area that I live in. And I seriously did not realize that. I mean, I remember back in the day when the Priuses became popular, the Toyota Prius, and you started seeing them popping everywhere, right? Everybody was driving a Prius. And it's like almost like if you didn't have a Prius, you were missing out on something. And um, so Teslas are very popular, but custom Teslas. So to speak to your comment right there, I saw one that was, it wasn't a Pikachu. I think it was a Charizard. Somebody got a skin wrapped Tesla to look like a Charizard. And it looked awesome. Like people love to customize their Teslas. So a GT series or just getting stripes on it, like maybe getting a matte finish uh, skin wrap with the GT stripes across, I think would definitely make it uh, a very, very uh, easy to find Tesla, but also a very unique look. I gotta, I gotta find the right, uh, the the right level of the striping. I don't know if I'm very much a big fan because you don't have the stripe, so you can't put the stripes on the top, right? You have a glass all the way from the top front end all the way to the back. So the stripes can't go on top like a regular car because you miss the top uh, part of the car. Uh, so what I want to do basically maybe is to try to do the stripes on the side or try to find a way to get that yellow and black to kind of go through. Uh, but yes, thank you very much, Matt, for uh, for jumping in into and helping out with the with the moderation on the channel uh, for sure. Oh, man. Uh, black and yellow, black and black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. Oh, uh -huh. yeah, I remember that song. My son used to love that song. I, I didn't. I, I'll say this: we had a hard time letting him listen to it because it has some bad words in there, for him at least. Um, how much faster the successor of the M1 will be? Uh, definitely, if if there's any indication of how Apple does the you know generational upgrades, it'll be somewhere between you know ten to twenty five percent up uh, faster. That's typical to most performance uh, improvements year over year. I think if it's not within the ten percent, ten to twenty percent margin, it's not a really an upgrade, right? You won't even be able to re to recognize it. So if you say something, our processor this year is five percent faster than last year, and you're like, well, so why do I want that? You want enough to compel you to kind of consider it, but not enough to make it sound like the old one is just trash, if that makes kind of sense. So typically 10 to 20%. I'd say 25 is kind of pushing it, but that's typical to what most companies do. Uh, if we see much more improvement uh, on numbers, and that's typically when you're jumping from generation to generation, I'm talking architecture of processors, but uh, that's more things that we typically see with processors on desktops, not necessarily on mobile M1 is again intended to be basically the one. The M2, for the most part, of what I'm thinking is, is it's going to be basically pushing stronger PCs, so more performance, more uh, more optimization, better graphics, uh, a whole bunch of different things that I think. Not to say that the M1 doesn't provide, but the M1 is just not known for, right? Like for me right now, a, a full version, uh, like a, a MacBook Pro with an Intel uh, i9 processor, 64 gigs of internal of, of RAM uh, and a terabyte of storage, I feel like in my opinion, is still better than any version of a MacBook Pro uh, that, that comes out with an M1. There's just no competition. Even if it is, if, even if it does run better uh, for battery and so on, I'm talking just sheer horsepower. The i9 is just a crazy strong processor and I think the M2 should be able to kind of get closer to that experience. 
So hopefully that makes sense there. Uh, uh, Sheldon TK, thanks TK, everyone. Uh, enjoyed uh, enjoyed being here. Uh, leaving to watch my uh, Italy Australia pregame show. Oh man, I keep forgetting. Yes, the game, the the matches are starting up. Uh, we're getting to enjoy those a lot. Uh, no, definitely enjoy. Uh, oh crap, we're almost we're almost at that time. We're almost about ten minutes away. Thank you, Greg, for the for the for the time check. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> it's eleven thirty. Uh, but yeah, no. So there's a lot of. Actually, hold on. Let me turn off this one. There's really no need to keep the secondary camera running. Um, there's a lot of things kind of to cover there, but I did want to talk a little bit more also about the Pixel Buds A series. I think that was one of the other things. So um, out of just using them for the last three days or so, I have to say that the audio is actually pretty decent. The audio experience is pretty good. Um, the ear tips. That the, so this is a thing when you, when you when your last pair of headphones that you were using just a day before you put in the Pixel Buds A had the custom foam tips that come with them. By the way, I feel like those are the best tips that you can get if you're able to buy them just separately as a secondary piece for your headphones. It will improve the audio performance on any pair. Sorry, any pair of headphones that you use right from the time you start using them. And I say that because the way they work essentially is it's more of a seal in your ear than it is um, what we get with the plastic tips. And the plastic tips do a decent job. And I'm talking about this specifically about these tips, right? So these are the tips. Let's see if we can get that. So these tips are very, very nice. They're they're rubberized. They're easy to use. They fit in your ear very nicely. Uh, this is the ones that we have right now on the Pixel Buds A. Um, and it's similar to most, what you get mostly with any true wireless headphones that we get on the market right now. Here's a tip, just a tip. <laughs> uh, I should not have read that. Yes, Matt Tyler is trolling me today, but yeah, I know for sure. Uh, yeah, the the experience that you get with these essentially is as uh, a better... I'll say this, it does a, a good job of reducing external noise or external sound pass through in the headphones. So what you're getting there essentially is a better experience than what you typically get with a standard headphones that have maybe something a little bit thinner, or even if you're wearing the, the wrong ear tip. So what you get with the Sony's or at least with those with those cushions is a much more of a seal. It literally blocks 90% of the audio. And the only audio that's coming through is through the driver that's built in. Uh, we have 12 millimeter drivers here, some really decent large dr uh, drivers in here, single driver experience that gives you the, some of the best experiences. Now, I'm not going to say that this audio is going to be the best headphones that you're going to be getting there. They have an EQ built into the system where it allows you to do a little bit of a bass boost. Uh, there is an adaptive sound, which I, I turn it off, unfortunately. Um, and what it tri that tries to do basically is adapt the volume of the music to the environment that you're in. So if it hears a lot of noise, it typically optimizes the audio to sound a little bit louder. And that's the intention. Uh, for me, what it typically ends up happening is that it, it I feel like it's a little bit too sensitive sometimes where it changes the volume level for me for no reason, like where I'm a little bit, if I'm sitting in one place and, and the audio is not bothering me from the outside and I'm still comfortably listening, it still does something to the audio. So I felt like it's better for me to control the audio performance where I want it. Um, I really would recommend them for anybody looking for a, a Google Assistant experience on a headphones if you're looking for those. Uh, the price point is a little bit more than your typical. I think it's not obviously around the 50. It's 100 bucks. And it's a little bit cheaper than the last generation with a few things taken out. But I think what I would what I would probably say, like, you know, we don't have wireless charging. We don't have gesture support. Those things are built in still to the original ones. 
um, if you're looking for a good, good sounding experience with a Google focus, meaning the Google Assistant, um, integration with translation, a whole bunch of things that you typically love having, and you don't necessarily want to have it on the watch or just interact with your phone, I think the Pixel Buds A are definitely a very good, a very decent experience that you could definitely enjoy uh, using uh, on the daily. Battery life is definitely very nice. Charging them is pretty quick with the cable, no wireless charging. Again, that was one of the things they changed. Um, but I think for 400 bucks, it's a decent experience. And I think Google's finally trying to basically give you that. The A series, not only on the smartphones, but also on the headphones. So where we had the standard Pixel Buds last year, we have the Pixel Buds A this year. And then what we have, like, you know, where we have the Pixel 4A, the Pixel 3A. Um, and I think on Tuesday, on Thursday, I mentioned to you guys uh, that the Pixel 3A XL uh, that I had is now housed with uh, basically uh, coming back to life uh, with uh, my, my mother-in-law as her new smartphone because uh, her Honor 7X uh, battery swelled up. It, it swelled up to the point where it literally popped the display off from its hinges. And I was very much surprised that the phone was still functional. Let's just say that. Um, so I, I asked her to stop charging it beyond 50%, uh, transferred the data, and we got her into a Pixel 3 XL, Pixel 3a XL. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I like I like my Pixel 4a. It's a small little nimble device. The Pixel 4a XL is also very nice. Uh, but this guy is just does the job and it does it right. And uh, she was just used to the Pixel, not sorry, to the Honor 7X, which uh, if you guys are familiar with Honor, it's actually one of their sm uh, the larger devices. The 7X is actually a larger display. So this kind of um, kind of stayed the same way. So I, I wanted to make sure to keep, keep her, uh, give her the same experience. Um, what's the best headphones? Uh, Magma is asking is, what's the best headphones for under a hundred bucks? Oh man, it's a tough question because you have so many options and so many good options on the market right now. Um, I think realistically, if you have to kind of go for the best sounding headphones with the best experience, you want to definitely check out Soundcore. And they have a lot of different versions of, uh, of headphones in there. Um, I'm not sure yet about how much the P3 is going to be, but I do know that it's going to be competitive. So uh, definitely check out Soundcore. So Soundcore headphones under 100 bucks, almost any one of them that has app support uh, will definitely fit the bill. That'll be the best way to describe it. Uh, because under 100 bucks, I think that's going to be one of the better options. The main thing, the one, the only reason why I didn't say that the Pixel Buds A series are the best, some of the best buds, or the the are the best one, because that actually feeds into a specific niche. You actually would need to pay the top end of that under 100 uh, for the Google services. And if you don't necessarily need them, you can definitely get some different experiences on the market that give you, you'll still be able to press and hold and initiate the assistant. I'm just talking here to be able to call it and have the integration with translation and a whole bunch of different things. So uh, definitely check out Soundcore. I would recommend you doing that as well. Uh, but that that may change by the time I, I push out my video uh, for the uh, Pixel Buds A. Uh, okay, so uh, growth Growthman, Worth saying is Pixel Buds Z versus Pixel Buds A, your opinion. Right now, uh, so the price point is obviously very different. Uh, I think for for the, so the Pixel Buds Z were made specifically by Google, by sorry by OnePlus, uh, sorry not the Pixel, the OnePlus uh, Buds specifically because of their gaming and the low latency. So I think if you're looking for more gaming, you're more than likely going to enjoy it a little bit more on the Pixel Buds Z. Uh, if you're looking for better audio tuning and better experience on a smartphone, I almost would say now that the Pixel Buds uh, A series are definitely a little bit better. Latency is not going to be as better. Neither one of them supports a very high codec. Let's just say that it's AAC on both. So you're not really getting better audio for the most part, the codec side. The driver on the Pixel Buds A is a larger driver and it sounds better. So that's really where I would say. So gaming, Z, non-gaming, and mu music, watching videos and so on, I would say about uh, the Pixel Buds A. Very, very easy solution there on that one. Uh, 
can can access like sometimes i miss my uh my the, the phones with six inch displays i wish they released a pixel uh in the future that is under six inches i feel like yeah i mean we we used to be at one point where we used i mean seriously guys 5.5 inch displays and larger this seriously was a thing and i'm sure you guys remember it we used to call phablets 5.5 inches i mean we're talking about like uh, this was around the time when the i think um Man, what is it called? The iPhone 8, uh, 8 Plus was a 5.5 inch display when you factor the display size and exclude the fact that the shin and forehead, obviously on iPhones back then, which is massive. Um, that was considered a phablet. The phone was a massive phone and it had a considerably a massive, a larger display. And now it's almost impossible and very, very rarely able to find phones that are under six inches. Um, but I think you have to also kind of keep in mind, Ken, is the phone may have a larger display, but it doesn't have the same level of forehead and chin, which meaning the phones actually, even though they have larger displays, still technically have a smaller form factor, which is what typically we used to get. So I wouldn't necessarily go by the phone size, of the display of the phone when you're looking for smartphones. Always look for the dimensions and see how they fit. The Pixel 5 and the Pixel 4a are very nice, very small, and they fit very nicely and work great. I'm able to reach the top of the phone. This is something that you can't say about a lot of the fights. So it's definitely very nice. And the Pixel 5 is exactly the same boat. So that's the one I'm using with the Pixel Buds right now. Uh, very nice, very simple, very easy. Fingerprint sensor in the right spot. Um, although we, we've we seen the leaks, we know that the new Pixels, uh, the Pixel 6 at least and the 6 Pro are going to have their fingerprint sensor under the display. I still like them. They definitely do the job very nicely. Um, Oh, okay. So AirPods are, are very much an interesting approach. Uh, I say the I say this specifically because AirPods will perform the best on iOS. So if you're owning an iOS device, I think that's going to be a very much tailored experience from Apple towards the uh, towards smartphones like that. Um, now there is a range of pricing on AirPods, and of course a range of performance. Uh, you mentioned the word AirPods, but I meant to. I've, I'm assuming you're also talking about the AirPods Pro, the AirPods Pro Max, so on. There's a whole bunch of different versions of them. I think at the end of the day. AirPods are are going to be the easiest, simplest way to integrate uh, audio performance and audio for any iPhone user. Uh, I wouldn't personally recommend you buying an AirPod and using it with Android. It works, and I've tested it in the past. The AirPods Pros, they work. Uh, they're, they're ANC, and all, everything is controlled by a click or a, basically a tap on the actual AirPods, uh, AirPods themselves. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say essentially is, for the price to performance ratio, if you're an iPhone user, you may be able to feel more comfortable with it. I think you still would get a much better experience from a sound core or even a Sony earbuds, uh, earbuds because they technically have apps that support better audio experience. That's just always going to be better. Um, Apple, regardless of the fact that they have better headphones and maybe better drivers, the control level that they give their users right now is still very limited as far as getting the type of audio experience that you're getting there. So that it really is always, for me, a big thing. So for price to performance ratio, with the fact that I'm aware and more familiar with things that run on Android, this is something to keep in mind, for sure. Uh... Okay, George Brown has mentioned quick, a good question here. Is it TK? Would you, uh, TK, in your opinion, would you think that a jump to ninety hertz? Um, would you say the jump from ninety to one twenty is a big deal? You know, believe it or not, not as much, not as much really. I think the jump from sixty to ninety is much more of a substantial jump uh, than the, from ninety to one twenty. It's faster. It's absolutely faster. But what what I what I would say essentially is is um, I think it's faster in certain circumstances. Not everything is going to run at 120 hertz and not everything will run at 90. We're seeing much more a better adaptation to 90 hertz fresh refresh rates from application and developers than we've seen it for 120. Mostly because 
I'm sorry, take that back. And that's mostly because of devices like this, like the Nord, where you're getting 90 hertz on devices that are more inexpensive, affordable, uh, easier to obtain for a lot more people. They're really looking at it as optimization. So I would say if you're going to a 90 hertz from 90 to 120, don't expect to be this night and day. The, the awe that you got from 30, from, from 60 to 90 is not the same from 90 to 120. Um, I would say it's a little bit from 90 to 144, maybe close to 165, depending on the smartphone that you're using, but not at the 120. I feel like 120 is great, but I feel like you, you should just go straight from 60 to 120. Don't don't jump to 90 and then if you're doing the step, it won't be as much. I think of it that way, it, where 60 to 120 is a massive jump. When you do it in the middle, you just are make, making the, uh, the improvement ever so smaller, the experience. I would say that's the best way. So, um, it is that time again. <laughs> Great. I appreciate it. Um, it is that time again. I do want to say thank you, obviously, everybody for hanging out with us. Uh, but it is that time for the TK section again. If you guys uh, would love to, I would love it if you're able to uh, throw in some hashtag TK sections in the comments, of course, to start showcasing some of our friends and, and all of our supporters here in the chat, uh, as well as in the in the group. Um, and as, as that's going on, I'll, I'll say this. The Nord N200 uh, to N200 5G uh, is the successor to the N100 for 5G, and at least in the U.S. market. Um, I don't have a specific word yet if it's coming to other markets yet. I know there's some people that were asking, will the N200 come to the Indian market? I know that the CE, the core edition, is coming in, and that one's a little bit more powerful, actually, than what we get. This is still running a 4-series processor, so we're not you, you kind of have to tailor the experience. But it's a 4-series that supports 5G from Qualcomm. So we're getting 5G support. We're getting 4 gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of internal storage, expandable storage, of course. Uh, and of course, we have a 90 hertz refreshed, uh, refresh rate IPS panel, 6.49 or 6.5 inch display. So, and of course, with that 5,000 milliampere battery, that just literally will be able to last you for a long time because you don't have a very powerful processor and the refresh rate isn't so high that it would cause that much of a power draw. Now, it's not OLED, understandable, uh, and that would have given us more power saving. IPS does use a little bit more power, but I still think that that combination is the right formula at the $239 price point. So with that being said, I think if you're thinking about it so far, I'm still impressed with it. And there'll be a video dedicated for it, of course. Uh, it'll be both in Arabic and in English because I want to make sure everybody's aware of it. I realize it's only available in the US. Uh, but I feel like some of my Arabic followers like to listen to at least see some of the other options available from OnePlus, uh, especially in the other areas in the world. Uh, so with that being said, uh, let me see here real quick. Let me start setting up the screen. Da, da, da. Um, Oh, man, let me see here. Okay, I think I may have missed it here. Okay, so thank you very much, George, for that question as well. Uh, and we're going to start saying it here. Okay, so we started up right there. Joey B is going to be the first on our chat. <laughs> the, oh, yeah, the V50. I, I am trying very hard to get my hands on one of those. Uh, they announced it very, very recently. So let's go ahead and do the quick inception. Yeah, the inception. Uh, ta, 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 and... Ah, right there. Timing almost split second up. Um, I want to say thank you, of course, to everybody for checking out the show, hanging out with us, kicking it with us here on another episode of Saturday Morning with Tech. Uh, of course, Joey jumping in with it with the hashtag TKception. I, I will say that Greg did start us off a little bit uh, about 10, 15 minutes ago, giving us a heads up to kind of keep us on track. Uh, so TKception, TK, uh, TK Honor 50, TK Foodie. Yeah, actually, I'm trying to be consistent with the videos on that. I did start up a channel, TK Food Bay. Um, it, it's really more of a fun thing. It's not really trying to be very heavily focused on. I'm trying to share things there that kind of like either interesting combinations or things that I haven't tried before or things that I've tried 
that I didn't think makes sense. And they do kind of make sense. So like the falafel pie was a weird thing, but that video was interesting there. So thank you very much, Joey, for uh, for giving us a heads up on that one as well. Aditya, the man, the myth, the Mr. Benedict Cumberbatch of us all. Uh, TKception, TKR Bay, TK Alpha Bay, as, as always. Uh, and yes, the hashtags keep going. Uh, TK Foodie Bay, of course. Uh, after two hours, Chemi comes to take it. <laughs> uh oh man joe hickey of course uh tk exception of course tk alpha bay uh tk food tech guy i like that one i like that one uh, uh jeff thank you very much uh always always appreciated uh greg always big big supporter always happy to have you guys hang out with us chemi torres of course everybody knows chemi he's always with us hanging out with us every single time uh and of course i want to say thank you to dominic wong everybody else in the chat as well oh here it is i didn't miss it uh, oh, here, Dominic Juan, of course, I did see his name, uh, TKception, TK Alpha Bay, uh, Jeff, and of course, the man, the myth, the, 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 the hashtag, the fire guy, uh, Gary, the fire guy, always, as always, hitting us up with a super chat, always appreciate it. Thank you very much uh, for supporting the chat, for, for supporting us uh, on, on social media, of course, Juan Carlos, myself, on the best of our week. Um, and of course, uh, so tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, I think Matt and Sam should be back now on their, on their normal flow on sa on Sunday with the, um, the, oh man. Okay. I'm back with this again. Uh, one T okay. Uh, Okay, Matt, if you don't mind just dropping in for me a little bit, uh, the uh, the show for tomorrow. So that's going to be for the show tomorrow. They're coming back on Sundays. Uh, him and Sam are going to be basically start. Oh, here. Uh, sorry, I see Greg in there. Chemi. Did I see uh, Adele? Uh, let me see here. Uh, okay, I, I didn't see <laughs> falafel pie, a Turkish, a, a, a Turkish calzone. You know, believe it or not, it was, it was a very interesting. Hold on, let me stop this one so I can actually switch back to this site. Uh, it was a very interesting... For the most part, it is really for the lack of, for the lack of a better word, everything that you get in a falafel sandwich. I'm talking about the pickles, the tahini sauce, the hummus, uh, the falafels, of course, and a little bit of lettuce. Everything was put inside of what kind of looks like a calzone in a in a traditional uh, Arabic Turkish style pie. And what I mean by this is we typically have uh, most pies. Obviously, you think of it as a circular. Uh, and calzones are typically more half moon, where uh, the Turkish and Middle Eastern ones are typically triangles. So essentially, it's a trifold on its own. So it actually did a decent job. The, the flavors were really nice. And I was actually, uh, I was very, very happy. I got it when I went over to Juan Carlos's place last week for the best of our week show. And then it was so good that I decided to pick it up on the way back home. So we tried it at home. It was very nice. I liked it. Uh, and of course, it was definitely an interesting experience for me. Something called a falafel pie. Um, so with that being said, um, I do want to say thank you, everybody, again, for hanging out with us. Thank you. Hope you're having a great day, great rest of the week. Um, I know some of you guys are obviously a little bit later in the evening, so you probably have another day for Sunday. Uh, enjoy your time. Stay safe. Stay cool if you're going to be in uh, in some of the areas like where we are with a lot of heat. Uh, but, you know, uh, get in touch with some of your friends. Connect with somebody you haven't talked to for some time. And just be safe. Take care of yourself. I'll see you guys next week. Um, and, of course, uh, don't forget tomorrow, Access One TV. Uh, yeah, I think it's Access One TV, if I'm not mistaken, Joe, uh, tomorrow with Sam and Matt um, on their channel. Thank you. Uh, Access, Access One or Access One TV? I think it's Access One TV. Uh, so it'll be something that we guys, uh, we can all hang out tomorrow and get a chance to check. Uh, so chat over there. So take care. Be safe. I'll see you guys next week. And uh, thank you very much for the support. Bye-bye.